Um, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to um, this podcast uh, called Writing in a Wounded World, a travel writer's unlikely journey around the COVID-19 globe with Marco Ferrarezi. I am Ruzana Muhammad Zuknik, a writer and editor. And so we have, as I mentioned, Marco Ferrarezi, a free-spirited wanderer and an expert travel writer currently based in, well, maybe locked away here in Penang. But he has been based in Asia since 2007 and is continuing to write in these difficult times. And so we're here to listen to his reflections and experience throughout the pandemic and beyond. So as a travel writer, can you maybe share your experience? Like Maybe start off with why you even chose to be a travel writer amongst other types of writing you could do. Okay, sure. So uh, to make a very long story short, mm -hmm. because it's been uh, more, more or less six, seven years that I'm doing that, I have been writing uh, short stories since I'm a young, young child, I mean, in Italy. And uh, then I went up to play music. And um, in uh, 2007, I moved to China to mm -hmm. be an Italian and English teacher. And uh, during the spring uh, festival, the break was a two months break. I, instead of going back home, I travel all over China, uh, by train, by bus, everything. And uh, I wanted to experience more. I saw a lot of things and only a few months later, because I continue uh, and uh, I travel from Mongolia to Malaysia by land and then Australia, taking one flight only. I just wanted to uh, write these stories. But the real kick came in 2012 when with uh, Kitian Chan, which is my wife now at the time, was my, my Malaysian girlfriend from Penang. She's a photographer. We hitchhike from uh, Singapore. Well, the hitchhiking part started in China, from China to Italy, through the Silk Road and the Middle East. So we went to Iran, uh, Kyrgyzstan, mm. all these places, Turkmenistan. So at that time, uh, when I came back to Malaysia, I decided that I want to write a book and a novel. This was a novel. And uh, then I had many, many stories from this trip that were very funny stories or very strange stories that needed to be told. So that's how I started. So it's a very difficult craft because there's no school that teaches you how to be a, a travel writer. You need to be very resilient. You need to find your contacts. You need to be able to, to eat a lot of shit. Sorry to use this word, but that's what you have to do. And uh, it was very difficult. For me, also because I'm not an English speaker, as a native speaker. So it was more difficult because many of the prizes are only for, for American or for British people and uh, limitation of this type. But Malaysia for me was a very good uh, ground because uh, at the time and even now, there are not many people who do this and not many people who do it uh, as I think I do, which is trying to dig uh, like a little bit under the surface for an interesting story. Mm -hmm. 
So Malaysia has a lot of things that need to be discovered. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's why people come and they don't stay because they think it's a very dull uh, country because mm -hmm. of all the, the Islamic stuff or whatever. So it takes a little bit more, more time to dig in. And uh, they helped me to get to write also for newspapers. So mm -hmm. do, do a little bit more of uh, features like uh, journalism. Because the travel writing, to be very honest, uh, at the very beginning, it was not paying very, very much. And if we want to talk about mm. uh, the pure uh, aspect, because I mean, I be believe that artists and writers, this is a profession, this is nothing else. Mm. So if you have to uh, put the food on the table with writing, you, you need to be able to write for someone who pays you money to write, actually. So... Newspaper features are better paid and uh, you get, uh, my first break was uh, with uh, Travel and Leisure Southeast Asia and uh, thanks to the street art in Penang, we sold them uh, some pictures. This was in 2014 or something like that and they opened actually the, it opened a collaboration that is going on even now. Then the pandemic came, but I mean, I did a lot of other things in the, in the time that I was a travel writer. I don't think there will be a future for mm. this thing. Yeah. Or if there will be, for a while, it will be a very different thing. Because mm. I'm not saying that the world will never get back to the same uh, mm -hmm. status that it used to be before. But before, I mean, I don't think it will be easy just to go as we we were used to go just with a tourist visa and go everywhere mm -hmm. and cross borders and up and down and this this i don't think is going to come back yeah well the the pandemic has obviously affected everyone and in so many ways right personal work uh and you know when it comes to writing how do you think that um helps people in these times, like the ones who read, like from a reader's standpoint, um, and especially with travel writing, right? Like how do, because, you know, there's this thing about um, wanting to travel and you can't because of the restrictions. And so perhaps people are just reading to get to these strange places mm -hmm. just to get out of, you know, that sense of um, being stuck. Like, how, how do you feel about that? Well, this is a perfect time to be what people call an armchair traveler, actually, and read about uh, places and uh, countries and cities and cultures that I don't think will be the same when we will be, be able to go back to these places. I mean, personally, the pandemic affected me very, very much because uh, I was on my first assignment uh, uh, doing a guidebook for Fodors in Peru. Uh, I speak Spanish very well, so I've been uh, actually looking to go to South America mm. for a very long time, but I wanted to go with an assignment. So it, it took me a long time because it was very difficult for me to get out of Asia where I used to have a steady amount of work and contacts covering mm. mostly Malaysia, Indonesia, Pakistan, India, mm. uh, Nepal, these countries. Um, when I could finally go to, to South America, I am on assignment and uh, my parents, which I uh, saw in November, and I actually went to South America in December, 
my parents in Italy, of course. My parents were sick. My, my parents uh, uh, were because they, they passed, unfortunately. They were from the north of Italy, from Voghera, which is a town close to Milan. And uh, it's very close to the epicenter of the pandemic. And uh, because of a mix of uh, misinformation and uh, stupidity of the European people, which really baffles me, because things were clear by the end of January that China was having uh, a pandemic. Mm. But, you know, Europeans are very much used to shrug off anything that comes from mm. the East as a Chinese problem. They mm. don't even know what is Southeast Asia in general. I'm very much against Europe and my own people for a number of reasons. Um, so my parents, uh, like a number of people, 30,000 plus people who died in Italy, they were not prepared to this pandemic. They mm. were not prepared to social distance or uh, like, I mean, I believe, I cannot be sure, but I believe that my father got this virus and passed it to my mother because he was going to to his favorite bar too much mm -hmm. even when he was not safe to do so because too many people were passing by it was like a play um a place where they play bocce it's like the the i don't know how to say in english it's like the game that you throw the ball and there's like a small ball and whatever mm -hmm. and um they had a flu, they were mis misdiagnosed by the family doctor. So they had COVID, but the doctor said it's not COVID. So they stayed at home more days, like an extra week without going to the hospital. And I was on the phone with them daily. Mm. And uh, I was in an area of Southern Peru, uh, in the Andes, close to uh, uh, the Colca Canyon which uh, had very poor internet uh, connectivity, so it was very hard even to talk to my parents. And uh, the, last, the last moments, like after they, they, they entered in the hospital, I could only WhatsApp them because of course they had a helmet for breathing and stuff, but that was not the way that you should actually treat people. And in Italy, they didn't know, so at the time, so um, I, when, when I knew that the things were serious, I ran out of the, the guest house and I went to the police station and I told the, the army there, look, I have to try to go to Lima, I have to catch a flight back. I mean, my, my, my mother is dying, but Peru was like a military state at mm -hmm. the time. I mean, they were very serious and I was in this small town, which made things a little bit easier, but they told me if you don't have an embassy letter and a permission from the government to leave this town, you are not allowed to leave. So I went back and one hour later, my brother called me and crying and told me mom is dead. And uh, I started shaking in my chair. My wife started crying. I couldn't even cry. I couldn't even realize. I mean, it was just... Uh, what you never think it will happen because when you travel the way that I do, I do adventure travel. I don't do like, I mean, I double it a little bit, even like luxury. I mean, sometimes I go to review hotels and stuff, but that's not really what I love to do most. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love to go to places and they are a bit off the beaten track and uh, more like cultural experience. Uh, but this has a backside, which is, uh, 
what if something happens to me when while I am motorbiking in Pakistan and I die and my parents they have mm. to suffer they cannot even bring my body back home or something right but the opposite has happened to me and it's quite ironic that a travel writer has to experience this uh, as he travels for the first time in a country as a new country is a new situation for me because I've been used to writing about Asia for for a, mm -hmm. for a decade yep. I mean and and that just happened to me and since then I still haven't returned to Italy to settle things uh, right. and I am having a, a very hard time with my brother who has been there the whole time mm. settling stuff and whatever because at the time we had a chance to go back through the embassy of Italy but there, there, were, there were 900 people dying every day so what I want to tell Malaysians is uh, you don't know how lucky you are, like always. Malaysians are the people that I love and I hate the most. You know why I hate them? Because they have it so good mm -hmm. and they always complain. <laughs> always complain about something. Yeah. There's nothing to complain. I mean, here even now, lockdown, I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Speaking of lockdowns, like what was that like? Like in Peru, for instance. Um, okay, we were. I chose because now to, you've experienced yeah. the two. Yeah, I chose to be in a village exactly because uh, the village would have uh, would have no people coming in. They would have uh, farmers, so fresh food mm -hmm. produced to eat, mm -hmm. and uh, quiet and uh, less uh, military because we had the police but in Arequipa in Lima you would have the military on the street cr cruising the, the streets so if they find you they will bring you in jail for 24 hours mm -hmm. just like take you and, and throw you in jail like that and um, yeah it was very strict that was for um, not following yeah just they will tell you on Sunday nobody goes out if mm -hmm. you go out, they will take you and throw you in jail for 24 hours. Was there like a curfew? Yeah. yeah. Curfew was every day. In some places like in Bolivia, mm -hmm. you can only go out uh, on alternate day of the week, mm -hmm. depending on the number on your passport or IC. Mm -hmm. And uh, only from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Right. And we were lucky because we were in a guest house, only me, my, my wife and two other people. Mm -hmm and the owner of this place and they have a rooftop so we can stay on the rooftop but many people in the bigger cities mm -hmm. some of them were not even allowed to leave their room mm -hmm. in the guest house because of uh, yeah. scare or whatever security so when i came back to malaysia i quarantined mm -hmm. in uh, sunway pyramid hotel and after that we took a bus back here but there was already there was a ramco because yeah. we returned on the 22nd of april mm -hmm. We left the quarantine center on the 5th of May. And uh, since I arrived in Penang, I felt like I'm in paradise. <laughs> I can good. go to the market, to I can do everything. But going back to that, like how, wh what was that process like, that, that whole repatriation from Peru to here? And what made you decide to come back here rather than maybe... Okay, I mean, of course, we Italy simply was, had two yeah. options. We had an option uh, with the Italian and the M Malaysian embassy because I'm married to a Malaysian. So mm -hmm. they essentially told us, the Malaysians, you want to come back? They, they, they offer us for two times. Mm. In briefly, you can fly from Lima 
to Hong Kong and then you are on your own, the cost is uh, 25,000 ringgit per person. Mm. Per person. That's, okay, so we couldn't do that. And uh, plus the, you, 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 you would have to pay a couple of thousands of dollars to get uh, by van to Lima because the problem is humans are disgusting because whenever there is a pandemic or w whenever things are serious, instead of helping you, they want your money. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as someone who's been to more than 70 countries, I can tell you the story doesn't change in any country in any way. So mm -hmm. that, that was the, the problem. Italy was uh, more or less the same cost to mm -hmm. go back to Italy, yeah. where if I had returned to Italy at that time, the bureaucracy to settle mm -hmm. is very long. So I may have had to stay there for months mm -hmm. without knowing if we are allowed to come back here. Here was relatively more safe than Italy at the time. So I decided uh, I already lost 50% uh, of my family. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put my wife in danger. And mm -hmm. uh, I spoke to my brother. Of course, he was not happy, but we decided that we have to go back. Yeah. Because we, we, we have to go back to Malaysia because that's our home. Mm -hmm. And because we wanted to be safe. I mean, we wanted yeah. to be quiet and happy because, mm -hmm. I mean, Travel for me as as finish or as change uh, on the roof uh, of the Mirkos guest house uh, in uh, Cabana Conde, Peru. I don't know if uh, travel the, the 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 way that I experience will ever make a return. Probably yes, because humanity is out of uh, yeah. other pandemic and things. But I don't think it's gonna come back very very soon. So at the moment, uh, I am going local, I'm focusing local. I travel for as much as I could locally. A couple of weeks ago, I crossed Penang Island on foot with my mm -hmm. wife. We from, uh, from Batu Feringi to Gertaksangul through the, the mountains and mm -hmm. the hills. I'm trying to, I'm writing more for my, my local blog, penanginsider.com. I just use work to keep myself sane and to keep my head down because uh, writing was very, very good for me to, to do something because I couldn't do anything, you know? Mm. And it was crazy because uh, me, 5,000 plus kilometers from yeah. home, uh, my yeah. brother was uh, 60 kilometers away by another province. Mm -hmm. So they had a lockdown. He cannot cross the, the provincial border. And even if he goes, uh, they will not let you enter yeah. a COVID world. Of so course, yeah. I'm really sorry for my parents because I think they suffer very much. And uh, I could not be there. I could mm. not be to the very small funeral that they, yeah. that they were allowed to do for them. And of course, these things have uh, weighed a ton over my shoulder and my head. And whenever I call Italy, is a war. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, this brother is really, I mean, what to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I just uh, use writing to glorify them. Like, I mean, some, some people I don't want to make name. I mean, when I wrote, I, I wrote a few stories about my parents mm. for some major uh, magazines and news, 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 uh, 
even uh, one way, two actually for Lolly Planet. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's actually not not a funny story, but so someone uh, they didn't tell me bluntly, but they kind of made me understand that mm-hmm. I am actually capitalizing on the death of my parents to make myself famous on Lolly Planet or something. Okay, I don't know how. Uh, do you still have your parents, right? Yes, I do. I okay, do. so I don't know how people deal with death. The way they happened to me is like uh, death was like uh, yeah. If we if you think of the the Grim Reaper, like I mm. mean that that shit. I mean uh, it just came down and yeah. uh, it just got me in the in in the stomach and he stayed there for 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 several months. And you can't tell anyone because nobody understands. Yeah. It's a bit and like, the, you know, in the book Thief, the, mm-hmm. narr- the narration of the book Thief, that mm. um, it, the narration is done by death himself, okay. like how he describes going into places and having to take soul. So it's really... So well, with this, uh, this thing inside of me, the only thing that I could do in a lockdown with a laptop is writing. And of mm. course, I mean, people love this kind of story. So the editors, they want to buy a story like that. Yeah. That's and, the nature uh, of the media I industry I was like, well. uh, this is my job. This is my power. My, mm. my power is using words. Mm. I must do something to glorify them and to make them live uh, forever in some ways. And the positive thing is that several people contact me telling me that only after they read about my 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 story, they they understood that this virus was actually a, a serious thing. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe in any of the conspirationalist theories mm-hmm. and all these five G towers and this and that. I just want to say it very very briefly without wasting a lot of time uh, talking about this. I just want to say one thing to these people who believe this. Once you have someone very close to you, because I was very close to my parents, um, when when someone like that dies of a virus, and you understand that the the the, the thing is real, and um, I don't know, I don't care about uh, anything that your friends uh, write on Facebook or share. Mm-hmm. If I don't have some proper evidence that mm-hmm. what people are saying is uh, is truthful, I'm not going to believe anything because this happened before in the past. I mean, we had other sort of yeah. pandemics and stuff. And the problem is what I'm seeing now is that the wounded world uh, is not going to heal because people, they don't remember anything. They, they, they have already forgotten what happened to me, mm-hmm. what happened to so many other thousands of people, mm-hmm. families that have been broken. Yeah. And uh, it's actually not just about writing, it's about life and everything. I mean, uh, mm. it's about respecting other people. It's about when I go out and I queue up for something, why you want to come into my pocket? You yeah. know? I mean, can't you just wait behind yeah. I me? Mean, we need to be responsible. And I don't care if Malaysia is very, very less less mm-hmm. cases. The case is going up now. So, I mean, we we really have to learn that 
we have to remember because I really hope when I was on the mountain that the world would have come to a standstill and mm. things would have really changed. Mm. I was already thinking, oh, wow, now we're going to have communes, we're going to have agricultural projects, we're going to destroy corporations, we're, we're going to change the, the, the world in a much better place. But of course, that, that was my science fiction for the moment. Mm -hmm. so. Well, you know, you, you said that you took to writing, you know, just to do something. But doing something, you know, that's a, a, a question in itself, I think. Um, wh what's the purpose of you doing that? And, and what I'm wa wanting to ask you is, when you're right now having experienced um, death of, you know, your parents, being stuck in Peru, and now you're back here, and that whole travel writing in terms of work has changed as well. Like, how has your writing, in essence, changed? Like, has it changed whether you noticed it? Okay, I don't think that my writing has changed in a way that is uh, substantial, but I believe that this was yet uh, this this was uh, just just another experience in my pool of a lot of experiences that mm -hmm. that actually co collected around the world, and this was a very bad experience. But this happened. Life goes on. Mm -hmm. What I want to say though is that. COVID has affected the way that I write in one sense. As a reporter, it has given me a lot of opportunities of writing about topics that would not have been, uh, uh, been, been actually sold to a magazine or whatever because of COVID, actually, because of COVID. So COVID has helped me to work more. And I've really heard a lot of journalists complain it does not work or something, but you just have to change the angle and always use COVID. I mean, even like uh, Nikkei Asia for, for four months, uh, everything I write, oh, please, you put a COVID angle in it because this is what people want to read now. Yeah. So COVID in a way was very, was, was a distraction for, for me, but it was also a boon in disguise because it helped uh, to refocus something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just had to go with the, the, the flow of the requirements that were given to me. Okay, it hasn't changed um, how you write. What I wanted to know was a bit more on when you write something now, like do you feel the need to make people, to, to, to make your audience, your readers, feel a certain way because of the current situation. Although you probably don't put an angle in your article about COVID, but whether it will exude that kind of um, emotions, you know, so that, you know, like a feel-good factor. Do you see that as a trend in a lot of articles now, probably? Mm, I don't know exactly because mm. uh, there's always an editor in the end that mm. changes or asks queries or whatever, but... In general, I believe that in this time, if you are a writer with the power of writing in media that actually can actually be read by many people, you must write about this because mm -hmm. uh, it's some sort of uh, rite of passage that we are going through. Mm -hmm. So I wrote uh, recently about uh, the LGBTQ musicians in Kuala Lumpur. Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I asked them some questions about what they did in the lockdown. I mean, I really find the lockdown interesting in the ways that 
makes people become resourceful to do the the things that they do daily. And mm. even my myself, I mean, when I was on the mountain, the routine, like trying to find time to exercise, find time to try to write, find time to comfort my my wife, find time to comfort my my relatives back home on the right. phone. I mean, I spent an enormous time on the phone. Mm -hmm on this very feeble connection, I can barely do a WhatsApp call. But I mean, that was uh, the situation, but we were safe on the mountain, actually. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, uh, I think that everyone these days has to kind of try to cheer other people up because mm -hmm. we, we are going through a difficult moment, but how difficult it really is. I mean, if mm -hmm. we really think of it, I mean, yeah. I was, uh, actually, I thought of it while I was uh, locked down. Um, we are very spoiled individuals, I mean, these days. And uh, I believe that what we have gone through is nothing because, I mean, this was the only time in history mm -hmm. that the only thing that the human had to do was to sit down, watch TV and relax. Mm -hmm. And we even managed to screw that one. I yeah. mean, yeah. you know, it's it's incredible. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm very much so happy to be in Asia because things have been uh, much better, yeah? Mm -hmm. Much more controlled. But I also have seen a lot of people writing uh, in ways that are very biased. Like, example, uh, the non-coverage the non of Asia because Asia was doing better, but Asia is like a brown... Uh, continent so the white people they are screwing up they don't want uh, oh we we cannot let a bunch of brown people say no and them, i mean be known as better than us and i constantly have this conversation with my with my uh, relatives when i call them how are you blah 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 but how can you be better than us blah 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 i mean i'm i was trying to write in a truthful way to try mm -hmm. to describe the situations here and uh, the fact that even if uh, arts are very much down, uh, people have tried to do everything. Even this festival that now is going on uh, mm -hmm. as a podcast, a recording, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, man, many people have given up doing everything. You know? yeah. So yeah. in my own part as a writer, uh, uh, yeah, the, the writing comes up uh, as natural as possible to reflect the situation and uh, to inform people. Mm -hmm. Even if uh, the majority, of, I mean, consider that 70% of my clients like travel, they are all uh, closed down or they are on hold or, or everything else. Mm -hmm. I was contacted by Lonely Planet a few months before the pandemic. They contacted me by saying, oh, we love your writing. Mm -hmm. Please write for us. Mm -hmm. I started. And then this happened, and then they, they closed two offices, the biggest ones yeah. in London and Melbourne. My contact was in London. My, 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 my contact was laid off. Mm -hmm. So my dream of being like Lolly Pen writer was shattered in the beginning. There was one thing, rough guide uh, probably mm -hmm. in limbo. Mm -hmm. And I just did the China book. The China book was the first to be put on all because of China, the Chinese virus, you know. <laughs> so uh, you're going to sell a book on. Uh, traveling in China, maybe not for the next 20 yeah. years. So, I mean, uh, it's all uh, a worldwide situation that has impacted my business, my uh, 
industry let's say not as much as music i mean mm -hmm. yeah live uh, live music has been uh yeah. impacted by you can still do the live streaming and stuff mm -hmm. you you cannot do live streaming uh, of travel or well, you can but i mean is uh it's not really the same thing so i don't know i have to i have to reinvent the way that i that i work mm -hmm. and uh realistically now the only way that we can go places in malaysia is uh is around here and uh i'm just trying to kind of go to, to all of the small towns that i that i overlooked before and mm -hmm. trying to find uh new things in my backyard i mean just doing like uh, yeah usually we forget what's in our backyard yeah, actually I mean, yeah hmm well, yeah, but, um, you know, it's like this whole grappling with grief and things like this. Like, a lot of times, um, people find that they're, 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 they don't have an outlet. So, mm -hmm. do you think um, writing is um, an outlet to, to deal with, you know, just... Yes, I mean, I am very much pro-publisher uh, writing always and always because mm -hmm. this is me. I'm, I mean, I've always been someone who, when... Uh, when I do something, I want to try to promote it, to show it to people. So I believe that maybe setting up a blog or maybe trying to do, I don't know, medium can be therapy, actually. I mean, if people write, this is a very good time to, mm -hmm. to be more open because people maybe now accept more uh, personal stuff than before. Mm. Well, and then you you mentioned like how even Lonely Planet had to close two of their biggest offices, mm -hmm. right? Like, how does that even affect like travel writers in that sense, right? Like, I mean, you said now a lot of people are more open to blogging. I mean, blogging has been around forever, but mm -hmm. you know, like, is that the trend that we we're gonna see in the next you know years? Like, how does that impact this writing industry? Well, uh, Lonely Planet was already kind of a declining anyways before because uh, of the rise of uh, the travel blogger and mm. the influencer and the yeah. Instagrammer. But the guidebooks, I mean, are still some of the, the guidebooks that are sold most uh, globally. But in general, I recognize that the pandemic has blocked one thing that is a very good thing that has been blocked, mm -hmm. uh, which is the insta babies actually these people that promote themselves and a fake idea of yeah. what a destination or a hotel is mm. just for money just for likes just for yeah clicks. like paid reviews yeah yeah mm. i really hate this but this mm. is what uh, travel had kind of like gotten to be as an industry of uh, um peacocks you know the peacocks they mm -hmm. just look at their tails you know and it's just oh travel is so cool oh look yeah. at this you can but go where to do you this see place going? and the 15 yeah. things to do unmissable blah 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 i mean i've been asked by many people uh, that were hosting me ah uh can you do an instagram post about that and i'm like i don't have instagram and they were looking at me like but your skin is white you're not green or from mars you know but i don't i i just don't want to have another time suck yeah. that just ruins my life just because I have to prove what to, to who. I mm -hmm. mean, it's like yeah. the, the new thing like TikTok. I mean, I'm, I'm not very much for, for those things. So I started 
to travel like uh, seriously like 10 12 years ago it was still uh, a midway between uh, no smartphone and uh, old phones so the guidebook was much more important mm -hmm. uh, and uh, i really loved it because it was uh, it was difficult mm -hmm. it was uh, challenging it was adventurous it was dirty. Mm -hmm. Like you go to a place, uh, you don't want to spend much money. You go in these very dirty hotels yeah. uh, and there are prostitutes and then you meet someone and yeah, these yeah. kind of adventures. Yeah. The way that people travel now until uh, before COVID is, is disgusting mm -hmm. because they have uh, a list of things that they find online. Mm -hmm. They don't even want to have a guidebook anymore, so they don't have the background. Yeah. They just listen to what these Instagrammers, influencers say, only essentially white people. And um, travel becomes uh, uh, a massification. So my hope is that for the future, uh, this kind of world will be quelled by these people. And even brands uh, will think that it's not much important how many clicks that person has mm. uh, that may be true or not. They may have been bought by some bots or whatever. Mm -hmm. But offering some experience that is uh, really different in a sustainable way in a intellectual way in a cultural way and uh, i would like uh, destinations and people and uh, places to start thinking by themselves because mm -hmm. there's the example of uh, georgetown i mean look at this street art mm -hmm. briefly briefly mm -hmm. um you go to valparaiso in chile mm -hmm. You go to Orgosolo in Sardinia. The street art is political. Mm -hmm. There's a meaning there. There's no state that controls uh, what you put on the wall because it has to be Penang. Mm -hmm. What is Penang? Mm -hmm. It's an island. Yeah. It's not this and that. There's no rule. No? So, I mean, this, this, this kind of things. It's really a moment in which, to me, travel should be rethought mm -hmm. in a way that we are, we cannot move, we are here. What is really this place? What is really good about this, my roots, my, my space, my, mm. my, my place? And then building some sort of new narratives from there. This, yeah. this is also why I'm trying to go deeper because mm -hmm. I really don't think we will be able to go back to my beloved India for the next uh, maybe two, mm. three years. So for, for the next few years, I mean, we need to be very grounded and uh, move on with an industry that is not moving. And if it moves, he wants to go back to what he was. And I really wish this changes. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's a bit like, you know, the world is wounded. Mm. But with this creating new narratives um, in any field anyone is in, right? Um, it is a way to allow healing to begin. Mm. Would you agree or disagree? I don't know. There are wounds and wounds, you know. Some, some of the wounds uh, you cannot recover. Then you die mm. a, slow, a slow death. I hope this is not what's happening to us now. But 
every day I read the news and everywhere it makes me think they can end up in not very pleasant ways. Then you hear some positive stories and that makes me hope. That. But I think this will be really a moment in which not just writers, but in general, travelers, people, artists, whatever, they will really think of uh, healing themselves because there has been too much ego recently. Mm. I always try to avoid being the focus of the ego. Probably I've fallen into this pit as well because I had to, but in general, I mean, I would like to see more places than uh, people putting their face mm. in front of a place, mm -hmm. you know, which was... Uh, very common to do, like even uh, influencers that go even to a place like Pakistan. There were several women who use Instagram to boost uh, the, the numbers of tourists and stuff. But I don't know. I think the, the focus should be more local and uh, re really let the people speak. So even by myself as a guest here, I'm trying to step it a bit back and let uh, more local stories mm -hmm. to come up. So write more uh, features for like magazine feature that talk about lo local stories rather than my own travels. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, I mean, it's like really getting people to get to know the culture of yeah. places and See, that, that way writing, it connects them to strange for me, places. The, the scope of the travel writing is but giving someone the possibility, if he cannot go there, to have the, the closest uh, image of uh, your, interpreta your interpretation of this place. Mm -hmm. So that is important. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much for sharing your no experience worries. and reflections. So that's... Thank you for asking me the question and let me talk so much. But yeah, hopefully it was worth it for something. It is. I'm sure it's, it has inspired like quite a number of people and listeners. Thank you, Thank you Marco. Lisa.